verse of that song, and <clears throat> rather the first verse of that song, each step I take, my Savior goes before me, so that implies I need to be following him, right? And with his loving hand, he leads the way, that implies I need to be close to him, to hold his hand, And with each breath I whisper, I adore thee. That means I need to be so close to him that when I talk to him, he can hear my whisper, right? And then the last, oh, what joy to walk with him each day. And that goes right along with the thoughts for this afternoon in our message, because I want to talk to you about our relationship to God, walking with the Lord being close to the Lord, and I'm going to be very, very practical with you this afternoon, and I'm also going to be brief. I want to try to give you some things that can help you in having a close relationship with the Lord, because that is a subject that always needs to be brought up, and we as Christians need to be reminded of that God is more interested in my personal relationship with Him, the closeness of my relationship to Him, more than what I do for Him physically. And it's the time of year, certainly, where we are very busy. Uh, we're, We're working hard, and we're serving the Lord. And we ought to be serving the Lord. We ought to be in our life daily. Um, We can get so caught up in the doing of things in our serving, uh, that we, we, we miss the mark as far as what God really wants. And that He wants our heart. He wants a close, personal relationship with Him. And you might be one who knows this is true. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord, a close relationship with the Lord, but you struggle with it. You struggle with walking with the Lord every day. Maybe you struggle with... Uh, finding time to read your Bible. Maybe you struggle with uh, an intimacy with God that allows you to actually be led by the Lord, to be sensitive to His voice. Um, We are members of Plaque Road Baptist Church, most of us in this room. We've got our doctrine straight, according to the Word of God. We're born-again believers we, we say the right things, we know the lingo, and all of those things. But do we actually really experience God in a way that, that is a, a relationship, a personal relationship, that I am led with Him, I am close to Him, that I do walk with Him every day? And I don't know your personal life. I don't know your personal situation, but you, you might be one that you even have a desire to walk with God, but you struggle with time with the Lord every day. Or you struggle a little bit with just being sensitive to the, to the voice of the Lord in, in everything. Uh, you, you might be one of those today, even though you've been saved and you're a Christian, you've been for a long time. Maybe this is something you've struggled with for quite some time. Or you feel stuck. And so I, I want to just, just spend a little time this afternoon talking about some personal things, even things that I'm 
being reminded of in my own life and the commitment that it actually takes to have a real relationship with someone, with a person, in the same sense, in many, in the same ways, it is true with God as well. There's a commitment, and we need the Lord's help, we need the Lord's grace for that. But there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that. So I just want to spend some time this afternoon reminding us that God is more interested in us as individuals and our walk with Him than in what we are doing for Him. Because duty, like real duty, and will come with devotion. When I'm devoted to, to one, all the other stuff is going to fall in line. All the other stuff is going to come with it. God wants my heart more than He wants my action. And, and so we're going to spend some time with that this afternoon. And I'm just going to give you some real practical principles. It's more topical than it is expository this afternoon. Okay? But I want you to take some notes even. I want you to make some mental notes, if nothing else. Because these can be some things that can be helpful in you actually developing more of a relationship with the Lord yourself. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, well, I pray that you give me grace and, and help uh, as we walk through some of these thoughts and principles. And what I pray that you'd use the scriptures as well in the lives of your people. And, and I, that we would learn to... Uh, develop that close and personal relationship with you that you desire of us and how do we come by that and what kinds of things can hinder that and and lord that we would have it in our heart that lord i just i want to walk with you every day and in doing that all of the rest of those necessary and important things fall into line in our christian life and so lord just encourage uh, your people this afternoon in jesus name Amen. I remember there was one time I was talking to an older preacher and just having a conversation with him. And he had pastored for many years and he was retired from the pastorate. Of course, he's serving the Lord. You don't retire from your service to the Lord. But he had been retired from ministry full time. And I was just having a conversation with him about life and about ministry and so on. And I remember something that he said to me that it really stuck with me and probably something I won't ever forget. But we're talking about a, a, a life of service to the Lord and ministry. And, and he was toward the end of his. And he had said how in all of his years, of serving the Lord, his entire life was devoted and dedicated to serving the Lord as a pastor. He said, there, there's actually something that I wish that if, if I could do it over again, I would. And I said, what is that? And he said, if I could do it over again, uh, I would actually spend more personal time with God than I did. Even as a, as a pastor, uh, in the ministry, at the end of his life, he testified to the fact that, that although he gave his life in service to the Lord, he wished that he would have spent more time personally with the Lord. And that was really powerful uh, in the moment because here's a man who dedicated his entire life to serving the Lord. And yet he still felt like and we can serve, and we can serve in the 
power of the flesh and it doesn't mean anything. What really means something is our own relationship with God. And so, if there's one thing that's more important than serving God, it would be our own personal relationship with God as our Father on an intimate level. And God, as like I said, is more interested in us and our relationship with Him than He is to our service to Him, because those things will come. And so I want to be very practical this afternoon, give you some things that I'm being reminded of myself, things that can help all of us in developing more fully that relationship with the Lord. Because like I said, you might be one who's struggling a little bit. And, and so let's just talk about life for a minute, and let's just talk about some practical things. The first thought and first practical principle is this. When it comes to our relationship with the Lord and even talking about things that could hinder our relationship to God, one thing that is really important is this. It's to simplify life and to get all the clutter out of life. Clutter in our life and busyness can actually be a detriment to our relationship with the Lord. And sometimes we need to simplify life. We're not, we're, 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 life isn't simple anymore. And maybe some people would say life has never been simple, but I think there have been simpler times, you know, um, where, where life is not so fast-paced, so hectic, so much going on all the time. And we are often just plain too busy with other things. And the fast-paced life that we so often live can actually have a detrimental effect on our relationship with the Lord. You know, just a couple of years ago, this was something that was very, very convicting to me personally because, you know, summertime is super busy in Alaska. We've got 100 days where we got to get it all in before winter comes again. And that's kind of the life that we live. And we cram as much as we can possibly cram in to our summer times because our time is going to be running out and winter is going to set in. And, and a couple of years ago, uh, I kind of fell into that trap personally where it was like it was like one adventure after the next. And we got done with one adventure and we planned the next one. And, and it was like on top of each other. They're all getting planned. And, and they're all these short things that are crammed in. And it got to the point where I wasn't even enjoying any of it because it was so much work to, you know, to, to get ready for the next thing. And it was so short. And by the end of the summer, I was very drained. And I was worn out. And it was like that wasn't even fulfilling like I thought it was going to be. And one of the things that I learned from it was that, that um, my life it does not consist of adventures. My life does not consist of, of, of trying to enjoy all that I can enjoy in Alaska in the summertime. That should not be the existence of my life. And I determined that I wasn't going to do that again by God's grace. And the same, the same thought can be true in our regular life. It may not be that we're just cramming all these adventures in and so on, but, but just life itself can be so busy and fast-paced that it can actually have a detrimental effect on my relationship with the Lord. And here's the reason why. And you might feel like this. You might feel like, I just don't have time to fit it all in. Well... That sort of, that, that is the, the kind of 
thinking that actually, because what happens? We make room for the most important things, and the things that aren't as important, we have to push to the side. And often, it's my Bible reading time in the morning. I'm so busy, and I got all these things to do, and I'm running, and I'm running, and I'm running, and this gets set aside. And I'll do it later, or I'll do it another time, or whenever I can fit it in, and all of the other, quote, priorities of life take control and precedent. You understand what I'm saying? So the principle and the thought is, the Lord is more concerned about my relationship to Him than other things. And if there are things that are crowding out my time spent with the Lord, I need to simplify some life. And I need to get some of that clutter out. Um, do you feel like, do you feel like you're lost without your cell phone? Some of you would say no, but a lot of us, if we were honest, would say yes. And honestly, I don't like that feeling, but if I'm honest, I have to admit it's true. And like life is taking place on my cell phone and what do, would I do without it? And I don't, I I don't know if that's a great thing or not. But here's the thing. It's not because we don't have a choice. It's not because it's just forced upon us and we don't have anything we can do about it. Often we make ourselves slaves to our own schedules. I'm just trying to be real and trying to be practical with you. I can be guilty of this, to make myself a slave to my own schedule. Sometimes the schedule is the all-important thing. The routine of life is the, the all-important thing is the schedule and the routine. If that gets messed up, if that gets broken up, then, then everything goes to whack. And it's like this is the rule of life. Sometimes that could be a good thing for people because they can be so disciplined that they can discipline themselves time for the Lord... But that's not about what it is, just disciplining in time for the Lord. It's about actually communing and having fellowship with the Lord. That's what it's really about. But if we're that busy where we can't schedule in time for the Lord, then we might need to reprioritize. We can fill our lives up even with good things, quote, good things. We don't have to necessarily fill our life up with a bunch of entertainment or whatever. We can fill our life up with pro profitable things. But you know what? Filling your life up with profitable things is still not a good substitute for time with the Lord. It's a matter of priorities. And if, the, if schedules and other things take more, a more important role in our life, then those good things actually cease to be good things. Does that make sense? You follow that? And all too often, that becomes an unconscious thing because life is just taking over. And so what I'm saying is, it's a good idea to reprioritize life so that it's not so full and so full of clutter that we don't give proper time to the Lord. I was reading about R.A. Torrey. If you don't know who he is, he was an American evangelist, pastor, 
uh, back in the end of the 1800s and into the 1900s. And he wrote a book called How to Pray. And it was said of R.A. Torrey, and this, it just kind of blew my mind when I stopped to think about it. He stated that he would spend four to five hours a day in prayer alone, just in prayer, talking to the Lord in specific prayer for four or five hours a day. And I thought to myself, not that we should set men on pedestals or that we should worship men or we should compare ourselves amongst ourselves, none of that kind of stuff, but I just thought to myself, how, how would I ever get to the point where I could spend four or five hours a day praying? Not just Bible reading or study, but praying, talking to the Lord. Just talking to the Lord. And how many of us spend four or five hours a day on social media? Or other things of lesser value, which of no value. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that we don't have a choice, is what I'm saying. We can carve out, but a lot of times our life is just full of other things, clutter. And in order to... I want a relationship with God. Take, some, take a, a priority. Make a priority list. And, and what in my life is actually drawing me away? Or fi- what is my life so full of that it's actually keeping me from spending the time with the Lord that I should. Simplify life. Get the clutter out. That can help develop a personal relationship with the Lord. The second thought is this, and if you're taking notes, you can write it down. We need to silence the things that keep God from having full control. Silence the things that keep God from having full control. Okay, well, what would that be? Well, it could be anything. Uh, each person's going to be different. Maybe it's somebody's work schedule. Work is the all-important thing. Making money, uh, you know, the career advancement or the career pursuit, whatever. That could be the thing that is dominating a person's life that keeps God from being the one to have full control. It could be entertainment in someone's life. It could be a number of things, anything that would be drawing our affections away from the Lord are the things that keep God from having full control. And those are things that need to be silenced. It could apply to even natural pursuits and desires of life. Even things that aren't necessarily in and of themselves wrong things or bad things, just the pursuit of them Controlling my life needs to be silenced. We can still pursue natural things, but they should also still be subject to the Lord and His will. God is a jealous God. He's jealous of our time. He's jealous of our affections. He's the one who told us, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What is a God? Anything that becomes... Before God himself is a small g God. And those are the things that need to be silenced. And again, it's it's a shame for us to spend more time on social media or any other thing, or 
in my case, even on the golf course, than to spend it with the Lord. If there are things in my life, the, the point is this, the principle is this. Not, not all of those things are bad in, in and of themselves, but the point is this. If there are things that are controlling my life, that are dominating my interests, that are just consuming me, and they're not subject to the Lord and to His will, those are things that should be silenced in our life because they're hindering my relationship to God. And here's the third, and we'll spend the rest of our time here. I told you I was going to be brief this afternoon. We need to do, we need to do this. We need to simply determine by God's grace, that I'm just going to spend more time with Him. How is it that you get to know a person, a friend? you got to spend time with them. How is it that you know somebody intimately, that you know the ins and outs and the details of them? You only know that by spending time with them. And it's the same with God. To spend more time with God, though, requires regular communication with Him. Now, what is communication? Communication is not one-sided in this aspect where I'm the one doing all of the talking. That's not communication. Communication is two-way. It's listening and it's talking in return, right? That's how you have real communication. Communicating with God is the same way. It's listening and it's talking. Listening, how do we listen to God? Well, we listen to God through His Word, first of all, and we do that in a number of ways. Uh, it comes with Bible reading, our own Bible time. 1 Peter 2, 2, Desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. Uh, as newborn babes, as they desire their mother's milk, which nourishes them, which causes them to grow as a Christian in the Lord, to desire God's word, which is spiritual food, that's going to cause me to grow. It's listening to the Spirit of God speak through His word. Hebrews chapter 5, you can turn over there if you're quick. If you're not, I'll just read it. But Hebrews chapter 5 In verse 12, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And the writer of Hebrews is talking about spiritual growth here. Like, you've been saved for, for this amount of time. You ought to be able to teach people. You ought to be able to teach people because you've been using the Word yourself. You've been growing from it yourself. And you can, in turn, teach others how they can grow. But you haven't been doing that. You haven't had your senses exercised by reason of use. And you're still a baby in the Lord. And you need the milk of the Word rather than the strong meat of the Word because you haven't been spending time in it. 
But we ought to understand that in order to spend time with God, I need to communicate with Him. And part of communicating with God is just simply listening to Him speak to me through His Word, through the use of His Word. In our own personal time, Bible reading. How about Bible teaching? Bible teaching is also important for listening to God. Um, In Nehemiah chapter 8, in verse 8, the Bible says that they gave the sense of the word and they caused the people to understand it. In fact, let's go read it so you can get all of it. Ezra chapter 8. If you don't know where Ezra is, you memorize the, the books of the Bible. I hardly know where it is. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs. There you can get a a spot of where you're at. Nehemiah chapter 8, and look at verse 8. I'll wait for the pages to stop. (laughs) Oh, did I, I... I mean Nehemiah. Did I say Ezra? I'm sorry. My bad. I think I was thinking like, okay, what comes before Nehemiah? Oh, it's Ezra. And then I got stuck there. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8. So they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So here... It's telling us that the book of the law or the law of God is being taught. They read it. They read it distinctly. They gave what it meant. They gave the sense. And then they caused the people to understand the reading. It's Bible teaching is what this is. When the word of God is read, here's what it means. Here's how it applies in our life. And then we take that and we use that. That is part of listening to God speak to us. Some people say, well, I have the Holy Spirit of God. I don't need anybody to teach me because I have the Holy Spirit of God. He can teach me what I need to know. Having, and, and so church, therefore, doesn't become that important to me or having the Word of God taught to me isn't that important because I can understand it. That's spiritual pride. That's what that is. And that person's not spiritual at all. And here's the reason why. Because in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, a, a letter from the Apostle Paul written to the church in Ephesus, Paul says this in Ephesians 4 and verse 11, And he, that's God, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teaching teachers. He gave them to his church. For what purpose? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And here's the outcome. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth from here on out be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. 
And so the Word of God tells us that God gives pastors and teachers to His churches for the perfecting of the saints till we all grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to spiritual maturity. We need Bible teaching. We need to read it ourselves. We need to desire it. We need it taught to us. This is all part of listening to God, part of communication with the Lord. It's a dangerous... Listen, and I'm just going to say this and I'm going to move on from it. But it's a dangerous position to be in when we can easily, easily justify things that keep us out of church. It's a dangerous position to be in. Oh, well, this thing came up and, oh, man, that's super important. And, oh, I guess we can't go to church. It's a dangerous position to be in. We need to listen to God through the reading of the Word of God ourselves, through Bible teaching and Bible preaching. It's part of communication with the Lord. But then there's also the talking to God. This is communication with the Lord. Listening to God, but also talking to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. We can read in John chapter 16, in verse 24, John 16, 24 says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. And Jesus is teaching his disciples, While I was with you, I took care of your needs. You didn't pray to the Father while I was with you, but I'm leaving. I'm heading back to heaven to be with my Father. You can have a relationship with God yourself. You can talk to God the Father yourself. And we can read in all kinds of other scriptures. In fact, let's turn to Psalm 119. We'll just look at one here. I have several listed. I'm not going to take the time to read them all. But let's look in Psalm 119. In verse 145, the psalmist says, I cried with my whole heart, hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried. I hoped in thy word. He said, I got up before, before the sun, and I was crying, talking to the Lord. Verse 148, mine eyes prevent the night watches, that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindness. O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgments. They draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them forever. The psalmist says in the first part of, of this, this portion of, of the psalms, I cried with my whole heart. I cried unto thee. I got up before the morning crying unto the Lord. Uh, before I went to, the, to sleep in the night watches, I was talking to the Lord. And then he says, hear my voice according to thy loving kindness. What I'm simply saying is this. How much time do we give each day to talking with God and listening to God? We listen to Him through His Word, through His Spirit, we talk to Him in prayer. How much time do we really give investing into my relationship with the Lord? 
how well can you really know someone that you don't spend time with? On the other hand, when two people know each other intimately, they know how they think, they know how they're going to respond, they basically know everything about each other. Why? Because they've spent a lot of time together. Amen? And it's simple. Determine by God's grace that I am just going to spend more time with the Lord. Get the clutter out. Silence the things that take control, that keep God from having control. And spend this time with the Lord that He wants. Just three quick things here. Three quick practical things and I'll be done. First of all, Consider a morning meeting with God. So how do I spend more time with God? How do I spend time in His Word? How do, I, how do I spend time listening to Him and talking to Him? Consider a morning meeting with God. All, in all honesty, you can read your Bible at any time, you, and, you, and we should. But, but you look at, at what, what the psalmist said, or David said, and we're in the Psalms. Go to Psalm 5. Go to Psalm 5 with me real quick. Psalm 5 and verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditations. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. The psalmist said, I want to have a relationship with the Lord. He's asking the Lord to hear his plea, hearken unto his voice, his king and his God. And he said, my voice you're going to hear in the morning. In the morning, I will lift up my voice to you. I'll direct my prayer unto thee and we'll look up. And what I'm saying is this. There's, there's, there's no better way to start your day. And you say, well, I already know that. Okay. Are you doing it? <laughs> okay. How much time do you actually give to it? And how many of us really, really struggle with making time in the morning to spend time with God? We need to raise hands. Do we need to take a poll? If we're we're going to test whether we're honest or not right now. I'm not going to make you do it. But you know. There's no better way to start our day. There's no better way to start the day than in the morning with the Lord, giving Him time, giving Him our heart, giving Him our thought, asking for His direction, listening to Him speak through His Word, talking to Him in return. If you're one of routine, man, you should, it should be easy for you. It should be good for you. Make it your routine. Make it a priority. It's very simple, very practical. Not only consider a morning meeting with God, but then number two, consciously spend the day with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. That's not talking about every waking moment of the day, uh, talk or praying to the Lord, but it's talking about a heart attitude that is in communication with God at all times throughout the day. And why not? He's standing right here. He's walking with me, right? I'm walking with him. I'm so close to him that, I, that he's holding my hand and leading me. I'm following his steps, right? That's what we were singing about. 
How should I not spend all day with Him? You know, when it comes to hard decisions or things that we're uncertain about, do we regularly just take that to the Lord right there in that moment? What should I do here? There's lots of times when somebody comes to talk to me or I come across a situation and somebody needs a, a, an answer or they're going to ask a question or just whatever. And instantly in that moment, I cry out to God, Lord, I need, you. I need your wisdom. I need your grace right now. Because I don't have it. I don't have it of myself, but he does and he's right there. Lord, should I do this? There have been many times when there's something I've wanted to do with my time. And I'm, not, I'm certainly not perfect at this or the great example of this. I'm just giving you a practical illustration. But there have been lots of times when there's something I wanted to do with my time. And I started to set about to do it. And then the Spirit of God convicted me like, is that what you really should be doing right now? Or is there something more profitable or spiritual that I want you to be involved in. And I have to stop and check it. And even determine at that moment, okay, I'd like to do that, but I'm going to set that aside because there's something else the Lord wants me to give attention to. It's regular communication that enables me then to just simply be sensitive to His voice and be led by His Spirit in every decision. If He's right there... It's not hard to include him, amen, or to let him control. What I'm talking about is, is, is an attitude of the heart. Do I want to walk with the Lord? And then thirdly and lastly, this can be a big help, a real big help. For, and, and this last one is, is simply this, confess at the end of the day. Some practical things. Consider a morning meeting with God Spend time with God throughout the day, but at the end of the day, confess. What do you got to confess? Well, <laughs> that you're human, that you've lived in a sinful world, you've been walking in the muck and the mire of the world all day long. Sometimes at the end of the day, we need to clean up our conscience. We need to repent of the failures of the day because we have them. And before we sleep at night, it's a good thing to start to put to practice. Just think through. And there were some failures today. Does that, mean, does that mean that you are not owned by God anymore because you failed today? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you, you, you have a flesh. And He understands that. He remembers that you're dust. But He's also given us promises like 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a good idea to spend a little time to clean the heart up with prayer and the Word before we go to sleep because it sets the stage for the next day. Another aspect that sometimes needs to be dealt with is making peace with others before you end the day. How many times do we go to bed mad or not on good terms and it carries over into the next day? It affects that relationship with whoever the next day. It can be the same with the Lord. 
just some very practical things that we can do. Having a relationship with God is not really a mystery. And it's not something that's impossible. We might feel stuck and we might feel frustrated at times. But in reality, it's the Lord has already given us all that we really need. What should we do? Well, we should reprioritize life. We need to simplify life. Get out the things that make, it, make us too busy. You know, I can't get up early enough. I can't give that extra time in the morning uh, to, to spend with the Lord before I start my day. And it's just so busy and we get in this rut and we get this cycle. Maybe we need to get some things out. We might need to silence some things that keep God from having full control. There's other priorities in life, and there shouldn't be. And then thirdly, just determined by God's grace, I am going to communicate and spend more time with the Lord. His Word and prayer. It's really up to us, but we have the enabling of the Spirit of God if it's in our heart to do so. Do you really want to walk with God? Well, we can. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for not letting us go and wander and go astray, not without correction or prompting. And I'm also thankful that you're gentle and that you're kind. Lord, you're not like some human fathers who give the idea that God is vengeful, that God is inconsistent, and that God's just waiting to drop the hammer on us. And I failed you, and I've messed up again, and I'm worthless. Lord, that's not you. But you're gentle and you're kind and you know exactly what we need and when we need it. And sometimes it's prompting from the Spirit. Other times it's more. Sometimes it's a different level of chastening. But you know what it is, but you're always kind. And you're always good. And we can be at a point in our life where we're feeling like we're a mess or we can't get it together and we're struggling and the Spirit of God is right there to give us just what we need and when we need it, if we'll submit to Him. And A lot of the issues that we face and struggles we face are due to the fact that we just don't have the close relationship with the Lord that you want us to have. And when we've wandered from that or strayed from that, Lord, you try to draw us back into good, harmonious relations with you again. I'm just saying thank you, Lord, for that. That you do that in my life. That you help me and encourage me. And Lord, put me back on the right track again when I submit to you. So thank you, Lord, for being that kind of a father. And Lord, for giving us all that we need that pertains to life and godliness. And I want to encourage your people 
today to draw close to you. And may it be in our hearts, all of our hearts. Lord, I've not arrived yet. I just simply want to walk with you. Lord, make me like Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to cling to you. Father, may that be the prayer and the heart of God's people. Not measuring ourselves or comparing ourselves one with another. But Lord, with you. And so, Lord, would you draw us to yourself. You are nigh them that are of a humble and a contrite heart. And Father, we praise you for that. So, Lord, in these few moments, as we've considered some thoughts and principles, even out of the Word of God, I pray, Lord, that we would be quick to submit to them, to put them to practice in our life by your help and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.